Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. I know we have um, one father here who this is his first Father's Day. Where are you? Oh, he's up there, Dylan. Happy Father's Day. I'd like to know who's the oldest father here. Is there anybody here older than 80? Just raise your hand. If there's anybody here older than 85, raise your hand. Anybody here over 86, raise your hand. Or 86. Anybody over 87? 88. Anybody 89? Okay, Brother Julius, congratulations. You're our oldest father. Someone said, I gave my father $100 for Father's Day and said, Dad, go buy something that will make your life a lot easier. So he went, bought something, and came back, and he had a gift from my mother. <laughs> when I was a kid, I said to my father one afternoon, Daddy, will you please take me to the zoo? He answered, if the zoo wants you, they can come and get you themselves. It is admirable for a dad to take his son fishing, but there's a special place in heaven for a dad who will take his daughter shopping. How true. And a grandfather who will take his granddaughter shopping. I want to give honor to my husband today. I've told him many times through the years, I've written it in cards and I've told him, of all the people in the world that I know, I couldn't think of anybody better that I would want to raise our son. A lot of midnight talks they had while I went to bed and prayed for them. But he always had such wisdom, and his wisdom came from above. And I'm so thankful for that. Okay, so here we go. First of all, I want to say yesterday we were at John and Denise's and um, so Josh and Katie were there, several people there. So Josh wanted to know what I was preaching on. I said, well, you'll just have to come and see, but you better wear your steel-toed boots. So this morning I texted him. I said, Josh, are you praying for me? He said, I am, but I'm praying for God to soften your heart just a little bit. <laughs> I said, okay, well, you still better wear your steel-toed boots. So do you have them, Josh? <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay. So, definition of covering. As a noun, it's a thing used to cover something, typically, typically in order to protect it, shelter, or conceal it. A covering has to be sufficient for the job. If it's raining outside, and I want to go out in the rain, and I don't want to get wet, so I can't put a little thin cotton cloth over my head that's not going to keep the water out. No, it's going to absorb the very thing that I'm trying to repel. So I need a sufficient covering. I need an umbrella. A lot of things have to have coverings, all type of coverings in life. Sometimes we put a vase of flowers over here on the piano. Well, 
I can't use the umbrella to set the flowers on even if the umbrella was folded. So I use a cloth. This is a cloth that we use lots of times. If I use the umbrella, it, the piano would get dents or scratches or the vase would fall over and get water on the piano. So I have to use a cloth that will repel water and will help with the dents and scratches. Otherwise, what I'm trying to do is just gonna cause the damage to the piano that I'm not wanting to happen to it. Scripture says, 1 Corinthians 11 and 30, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So today I want to talk to you about covering keeper. The headship portion of this scripture may sound like that women are superior to men, but that is not scripture, guys. I'm so sorry. I do believe that men have a role of covering, not to be a lord over their family, not to be domineering, arrogant, or controlling. To cover means to shelter or protect. Jesus many times said, I do as my father tells me. He was under the covering of his father. Remember the scripture said God is the head of Christ. But yet he operated with power and freedom even though he was subjected to his father. Men don't always have to be in charge. Guys, sorry. But I do believe they are responsible for the outcome. Eve disobeyed when she took a bite of the apple. But Adam sinned when he took a bite of the apple or the fruit, whatever it was. He was her covering. He should have been protecting her. So the buck stopped with Adam. And guys, the buck stops with you. A man has a covering Jesus. And the man is called to be submissive to Jesus, his covering, his head. So I will, I believe that the man is responsible for the outcome of what he covers. Even though Eve took the first bite of the fruit, it's Adam that gets the blame for it. Scripture says through one man, Adam, sin into the world. It didn't say Eve, it said Adam because he was responsible for covering her. He was her covering keeper. Ladies, I'm gonna sidetrack just a minute. I've talked about this before years ago. Our husband is our covering. So if we willingly go against his decision that he has made, we are actually stepping out from under his covering. We've removed ourselves, sorry, from under his coven. We have transgressed against God's divine order. And I didn't write that order. My husband didn't write that order. So don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger. But I tell you what, it sure does lighten my load when I know the burden of the decision ultimately rests on his shoulders. And something else it does. It makes me pray more intently and specifically for him. I pray for him as Solomon prayed that God will grant him wisdom, 
knowledge, and understanding for every decision, no matter how large or how small it is. Every time I pray for him, I pray those words. And I pray Romans 8 and 31, Lord, if you be for my husband, then who or what can be against him? In Isaiah 54 and 17, no weapon formed against my husband shall prosper. You will refute every tongue that speaks evil against him. Let him be established as a servant of the Most High God. Those are the actual words I pray over him. And ladies, our guys need our prayers more than ever before. They need our prayers. Okay, back to the garden. In the scripture, nakedness denotes shame. When we are most vulnerable or unsafe is when we are naked. Naked, whether physical or spiritual, occurs when our covering is gone, whatever our covering is. As long as Adam obeyed and followed God, he was under God's covering. But once he ate of the forbidden fruit, he stepped out from under that covering. Once he was no longer covered, he realized he was naked. Then he hid from God and tried to cover himself with something else, fig leaves. So in essence, he was trying to hide himself from God. He was trying to cover himself from God instead of being covered by God. You can abdicate your authority of the covering to someone else. You can, no, you can ignore it, but you can never, ever pass along the responsibility that is yours because you are our covering keeper. And men, we need our covering. Your family needs your covering. Your family needs you to be vigilant, to stand guard, to be up to the challenge of helping them navigate these dark times. Your family is dependent on you. It's not an easy job, guys, by any stretch of the imagination. It's, but it's not an easy job growing up in these times either. Your family needs you to stand up and not be afraid to tackle the difficult issues. We need you to be tough on wrong, even when we don't like your decision even when it conflicts with what we want. But if your decision is made from a prayerful stance, stand your ground anyway, because your job is to protect us, to shelter us, to cover us, no matter what that might look like, no matter how difficult that may be. You may be protecting us from scratches, dents, and scars that can become to us and can cause things to happen to us just from one decision we make. You may have to protect us from a storm of life that will try to just drown us in its wake. Fathers, I want to encourage you to lead your children. You be the leader in their pursuit of biblical wisdom and discernment. They need to hear you pray and they need to see you in the word every day. Every day. It has to be a priority. That's how you hear the voice of God and you learn to recognize it. That's how you keep your covering intact. And in so doing, you keep our covering in place as well. When you team prayer up with the word, I'm telling you, it's powerful. And then when you take the time to sit there and listen for God's voice and let him talk to you, 
That's the way you learn to discern his voice from the voices of the world that's trying to vie for your attention. In the natural, shepherds talk to their sheep all the time because they want their sheep to know their voice. Jesus said, the sheep follow the shepherd for they know his voice and a stranger they will not follow. He's the good shepherd. We are his sheep. God speaks in a still, small voice. He never hollers. And the truth is, I've always told Ella this and Joel, God is always speaking to us. We just have to take the time to be still and listen. So when we hear his voice and learn to recognize it, that's because we've been spending time with him. It's because we have a relationship with him. It's when we learn to hear his voice that we can then help our children learn to discern his voice from all the other voices that's trying to get their attention. True story. I like to give credit where credit is due, but I'll be honest, I could not find the author of this story. I used to have it, the author, and I looked and looked, but it is a true story. A man was walking with his young son one day on a busy sidewalk in a city. They decided to cross the road. So they got to the edge of the concrete there, and the man was looking to see if any cars were coming, and all of a sudden he realized his little boy had taken a step down onto the street. And he hollered, stop! And immediately the little boy froze. A car zoomed by. The daddy saw the car, but the child didn't. He said if he would have taken one more step, he would no longer be here. But this is what he said that I thought was so amazing. He said, in our playtime, I've been training my little boy that when I say stop, he stops and doesn't ask why. He said, and I would tell him, there may be one day when there's danger, and I see the danger coming, but you don't see it. So if I say stop, you have to learn to stop and not ask me any questions. So that little boy stopped because he heard his father's voice. He was familiar with the voice of his father. When you pray, be listening for the answer. God may just speak to you and give you the answer. It may be in the word you're reading. Sometimes he lightens that word up to us to give us the answer. Sometimes your answer may come across the pulpit. And let me say this, it may not always be the answer that we want. Sometimes it's not, but don't try to interject your own way into the prayer. Pray for wisdom, his wisdom. Scripture says, if you lack wisdom, pray. He will give it to you liberally. We need you to have godly wisdom because we need our covering keeper. Scripture says we are to be the salt and light of the world. So if we are to be the salt of the earth, we must confront moral decay and call it what it is. That can be a very uncomfortable position sometimes. If we are the light of the world, we must be willing to shine in the darkness. The world has had an agenda for many, many years, and they have been diligently advancing their agenda to the point that we are where we are now. Who knew? that years ago, 20 or 30 years ago, they were indoctrinating our children, our kids, in colleges. We didn't know it then, but we know it now. 
But that's why we're in the mess we're in. And we wonder sometimes, how, how did we ever let it get to this point? English philosopher Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Abraham Hamilton III, some of y'all know him, of American Family Radio says, darkness is not an affirmative force. It simply reoccupies the space that's vacated by the light. Gentlemen, live your salvation out in your life. You want your children to be a worshiper, moms and dads. Let them see you worship him. You want them to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let them see you love God that way. You want them to be kind and respectful to others. Let them see you acting that out. The American inventor Charles Kettering once observed, every father should remember that one day his son will follow his, his example, not his advice. Attitudes are caught, not taught. I want to tell you a story that happened last week on the campgrounds. Sister Terry was in her little cabin Sister Terry Spears on the campground and she heard a knock at her door. She went and opened the door. There was a little girl there about six or seven years old. She said, well, hello. And the little girl said, I'm out knocking doors. And Sister Terry said, oh, that's good. And she said, do you have the Holy Ghost? And Sister Terry said, yes, I do. And she said, I can't find anybody that doesn't have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> she had been trained up right. She was wanting to pray somebody through with the Holy Ghost. Oh, goodness. Dr. Kim Teller, Kim, Tim Keller, who's the founding pastor of the Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York, passed away last week. In his last message to his congregation, he gave them some very important advice. He was preaching on the book of Jeremiah. He pointed out that the Babylonians took the Jews back to Babylon in order to compel them to lose their identity. He said that's because the further you go away from your homeland, the easier it is to forget your ways and your roots. He stated this is a mistake. He said Christians are not supposed to assimilate into the culture and lose our identities as believers. Keep your identity, he said, be different. So do not stray away from your roots, guys. We need your covering. Stay rooted and grounded in the word and the things of God. A little over a year ago, Chris preached a sermon about we are strangers and pilgrims in this world. And about three months later, in my notes, Keith referenced that. And then about three months later, Brother Bruce said something about us not being of this world. Scripture says we are strangers and pilgrims in this world, a world to which we don't belong. 
We're just passing through. This place ain't home. Soon and very soon, we're going to be out of here. However, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves beginning, as Dr. Keller said, to assimilate into the culture and lose our identity as believers. We will find ourselves going to the same places the world goes, being involved in the same activities as the world's being involved in, picking up the language of the world, and then we will even begin to start looking like the world. We will find ourselves taking on the attributes of this world a place that we were never meant to be a part of anyway. So men, do not be afraid to put your foot down. Brother Tenney used to say, you need to be a velvet brick. God gave your family to you, not to anyone else. Do not let the voices of others decide for you how to raise your children. The world will try to coerce you, to intimidate you, to criticize you, to try to get you to conform, but don't listen to them. You should not be trying to please them. Our goal is to get our family and ourselves to heaven and take as many with us as we can. Dr. Keller said our professional life, our family life, our hobbies should not be our identities. He said to forget about our reputation, we're trying to lift him up. Bill Johnson said, I love this quote, if I do not live by the praises of men, I will not die by their criticisms. Dr. Remedios, who you most of you know, he's a local surgeon. He said one time, a surgeon is what I do, but a Christian is who I am. So keep our covering in place, God. We, we have to have sufficient covering. We need your protection. We need to know that you are standing in the gap for us. We need to know, Dad, that you are standing up against what is wrong, but standing up for what is right. You are our covering keeper. You can do it. He would have never assigned you the task if he thought you weren't capable of handling it. And he hasn't left you alone. Uh, Isaiah 41 and 10 said, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Hell and all its demons know exactly where they are going in this world. They are intently and tirelessly working their agenda. God's just looking for some men who would dare to match hell's intensity for a godly purpose. We were never meant to be feeble and timid. It's a fight. It's war. And war is ugly. War is tough. It's not for the faint of heart. But you will never, ever regret your effort. And the Lord will be sure to reward the outcome. The victory of your family, guys, being saved and being right with God is so worth the battle. So keep our covering in place, gods. We need you. I'm going to, if you would all stand. I tell you what, you may be seated. I got to tell you this, Candace one time said when she was little, why does Brother Briggs always say his ABCs? 
And so when they asked her what she meant, he said, he always says, you ABC'd <laughs> So, okay, I want all the guys to stand. It doesn't matter if you're married. If you are a guy, a boy in this building, I want you to stand. Because one day you will have a family if the Lord tarries. So I want you to stand, and I want Brother Bruce to come and pray a blessing, a prayer and a blessing over you. Holy God, we need your guidance. We need your direction. We need your strength and we need your wisdom. We're bombarded on every side. We're put down, we're demeaned. Masculinity is scorned. Our present society doesn't do anything but show us as bumbling idiots. But you, God, you gave us the high position of being the covering for our families. You gave us that position. And without your help and without your strength, we will fail. So I ask you today, I ask, I humbly ask, I plead. I plead with all of heaven, give us strength. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Help us to stand and say what is right. Help us to get out of the way whenever you want to do something special. I ask you to lead us in everything that we say, in everything that we do. I bless every man, I bless every boy in this place today because each of us fill a special place with you. And I bless each of us today to carry out, to carry out the job that you've given us to do. The devil is a liar. And regardless of what present society says, the devil is a liar. And we are your men. We are your men. And we will stand and we will hold the banner of Jesus high. I bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen.